everybody. Welcome to episode number eight of On the Flank. I am your host, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hello, everybody. Um, and when it comes to analysis, we are on the flank. Uh, this is, of course, a, a weekly Overwatch, competitive Overwatch podcast. Um, I guess Overwatch in general, too. We talk about some fun things. In fact, the first piece of news we talk about is a, is a pretty fun thing. But uh, this this is, uh, I'm going to come out right away, say it. This is going to be our shortest episode <laughs> based off our rundown. Um, almost nothing new oh, <laughs> this week. So just just no news whatsoever we got a bunch of a bunch of michael halo of thoughts all bench mob we got a bunch of their rumors for their rosters still nothing official yet um which we are finally caving in and talking about some rumored rosters today because we have such we we just have nothing to talk about no events barely any news um and most of our rundown is filled with topics um i'm excited to to talk about these topics though you excited joe yeah it's gonna be a good show then let's let's get into it let's start off with the news fun piece of news like i said uh this joe just added this to the rundown because it almost was just uh just announced pretty much lucio's lucio o's in-game serial right only in overwatch wrong insert voice line here (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, wrong. It's gonna be real. Yeah, that's right. Kellogg's. It looks like it looks like Blizzard partnered up with good old Kellogg's, a uh, uh, cereal brand, uh, to make Lucio O's a real cereal. Um, December third, two thousand eighteen is when it's when it's coming out. Um, they're I'm looking at them right now. Green. They look like green and yellow Fruit Loops. And uh, the big thing is, if you buy one of these boxes, you take a picture of your receipt, um, and you submit it into Blizzard. You get basically you every time you level up, you get a little loot boost. So you get two loot boxes instead of one for the first three levels. So you get basically you just get for three free loot boxes. That is a tough sentence to say. Um, Joe, are you gonna buy? Are you gonna buy a box of these Lucy OOs? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's certainly, um, it's certainly tempting. You know, they've actually got, um, but part of what lends credibility to this, um, because again, the first time I saw it only a couple minutes ago, but um, as that Blizzard's also got some promotions going on right now for, um, in fact, maybe even other uh, Kellogg stuff like I know Pop Tarts and Cheez-Its and stuff. You can go out and get loot boxes off of those. In case you didn't know that, now you do. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it looks cool. It, uh, you know, like you said, green and yellow Fruit Loops. So not only will they make you healthier, but they'll also make you faster. Um, <laughs> that's just that's just a known fact. Of course. Um, I mean, green and yellow. Well, it will. Yeah, will make you healthier and faster. That's that's brilliant, dude. They should they should put that in the commercial. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it looks. Uh, I don't know what they taste like. <clears throat> it's on the box. It says Sonic Vanilla, artificially flavored. So I guessed like vanilla, um, which I like vanilla. That's my that's my favorite ice cream. And some people call me plain because of that. But hey, <laughs> um, I'll probably buy a box of these. Uh, sugary cereal is not not healthy for you but i'll buy one box and i'll eat some because <laughs> why not yeah cause why and not? the and the in-game item sounds cool too it's the first time we've seen something that isn't a loot box really i think ever 
or like a loot box or a skin or something. But no, this is a you know a different kind of uh, bonus item. Yeah, um, and it would be cool to just like have this box. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to throw the box away when I buy it too. It'd be like a cool sort of collector thing. I know, like the loot. It says buy on the on the side of the box. It says you have to buy a Lucio O cereal between December third and December thirty first. So I'm guessing that means it's like a limited time thing, um, which yeah, makes probably. which makes me want to buy one even more because I like limited collector collector things. Um, which is why I'm t- tragically addicted to the, to Nintendo Amiibos uh, because they barely sell any of those, uh, which <laughs> makes me want to buy them even more. Uh, so yeah, I'll definitely, I'll buy a box of these. Hopefully they taste good. Uh, let's just get like an Overwatch cereal for every single character too. You might as well. It's, it's, it's a new podcast. We're just going to try the, try the cereals. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We've got nothing to talk about in the off season. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty ironic that one of our topics later is about, <laughs> is about why the owl off, off season so long. Um, we're sitting here just nothing to talk about. <laughs> Uh, next piece of news. This one's a big one. Runaway fan favorite. Runaway. Um, there's there's been rumors. The latest rumor, and it's a big rumor, that the entirety of the Runaway roster is being purchased by the Vancouver Overwatch League team. Um, so so everyone thought Runaway, they're dead. They must be dead. But um, they've come they've come out. They've they've told us that Contendi season three. They're going to be back. Runaway is still going to have, the brand is still alive. They're going to field an entirely new roster and bring it to contender season three. Um, you, you like this show? You like the sound of this? It's going to be cool. Yeah, uh, we heard that from uh, straight from Flowervin herself. I uh, did a stream. I don't know, end of last week or something. I didn't watch it, but uh, this is, that's essentially the rundown. Yeah, is that they're uh, they're going to rebuild uh, with essentially no, yeah none of the players that uh, want this season. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be cool to see, um, you know, this organization, you know, if not the team, uh, that's really on an upward, uh, upward streak and has been doing really well um, even before this season. Uh, but yeah, you know, as we're headed into Contender Season Three, which will probably be on Contender Season Ten before we start uh, Overwatch League, it seems like. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just how it goes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a it was a cool stream. She, there was some pageantry to it too. She she really built it up. She built up the announcement. She like told stories and like sort of like talked about how much she loved Runaway and all this stuff. Like just went through the whole history pretty much with all these players because she. I mean, I would be, I would be sad if like all my. I mean, I'd be happy for all my players, but I'd be sad if they if I had to leave them. Um. Because the rumor is that Flowervin's not not going to be joining them as well in Vancouver. So um, it looks like uh, I'm glad Runaway, and I I'm always glad to see like these brands because they were an endemic organizations before uh, before the franchises came into play. I'm glad to always see like these players being bought out, but but the brands not dying. It sucks when like lunatic high dies out in overwatch and there's no lunatic high anymore because all their players got swooped up by the overwatch league um because that was one of the biggest brands and if lunatic high was still in contenders and if these big names from contenders before were still there i'm sure they would get a lot more views 
because now it's just filled with a bunch of other teams and names that people aren't as familiar with. So I'm glad that Runaways keeping their name, keeping their fran- keeping their uh, organization alive with a new roster uh, for next season contenders because it gives it gives contenders fans um, another another big name to root for. Uh, anything else to say about uh, about this amazing runaway announcement? Um, yeah, I guess you know to follow on your last statement there. Um, you know, if if franchising and uh, uh, team based fans, you know, is sort of the way that uh, Blizzard's trying to go with their uh, with their proceeds, yeah, this makes sense. I'm sure they're a fan of this as well. Oh yeah, and it's not up to Blizzard whether or not this happens. Of course, it's it's up to the organization themselves. And I mean, after after you lose all your like very good players, you kind of get upset, right? And you're kind of like, if you're lunatic high, you're you're most likely not going to try to build a roster from the ground up, um, and instead just go into different esports because all these endemic organizations are not just in Overwatch. Runaway is one of those. Um, that's a team that's just in Overwatch, but. Most of these endemic organizations are in, into League of Legends, into um, all these other esports too, getting into Fortnite, all these battle royales. So, um, if if Overwatch League wants to franchise, then then most of these endemic orgs are not going to compete in contenders, especially with all these all these rumors going around that these contenders organizations are not being paid a good money um, and not be giving given prize money from Blizzard even, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the next piece of news. Another thing that I am unfortunately going to have to pay money for, um, be- be- <laughs> because I think one of the top comments in the thread is exactly like what is is um, is my feelings exactly. But there is a, going to be a three hundred and thirty-six page hardcover book titled "The Overwatch League Inaugural Season Official Collector's Edition Guide." It's um, up on Amazon for. Is it up on Amazon for pre-order already? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes. I yeah, $40 pre-order. $40 hardcover. Um, and who's Prima, right? Prima's the one who's making, who's helping yep. make the book Prima Games, which of course makes all like the, the guidebooks for, for like, and walkthrough books kind of for games. I always used to get the, the Pokemon ones when I was a kid. Um, because they're just, they're cool in general and they give you all the information of like where all the wild Pokemon are and stuff. I, that has nothing to do with what this book's going to be about. I, I imagine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's a guide for, for how to be a Overwatch League team. <laughs> yes. It's a guide for how to be a team. It's a guide for how to get into the Overwatch League. It's exclusive information. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the Amazon description actually I've got pulled up here, um, says you can relieve the Overwatch League's inaugural season with this collector's edition retrospective. This fan-focused companion volume celebrates the matches, teams, and players that made the 2018 Overwatch League season such a success. Premium hardcover edition with deluxe finishes printed on bright heavyweight paper for vibrant photos and art. Behind-the-scenes interviews, feature coverage of the Grand Finals champions, the London Spitfire, full season highlights from the first match through All-Star Weekend, and complete team rosters for all 12 Overwatch League teams. Wow. So, there complete, you go. Complete, complete team rosters. That's a, that's the biggest one. Um, yeah, this is something that I'm interested to see how that can be communicated in book form. It's like, I guess you will have text interviews and 
images yeah. of season highlights. You know, I imagine, it's... Yeah, I imagine it's just going to be like images and maybe box scores <laughs> and standing <laughs> and like they'll just consistently put like the standings throughout the book to like update you kind of. I I feel like I've seen similar things in traditional sports, similar books in my like household because my family's like a big we're all big traditional sports fans. I feel like I have seen one of these um with with normal sports and that's where I'm getting the idea of like they just go through box score after box scores with images and pictures. But it's it's harder to communicate with Overwatch, obviously, with an eSport. Yeah. All we get is a still of that one pulse bomb that fell off of Mercy on Dorado that one time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're just we're just left to remember. <laughs> that would be amazing if they actually are able to get stills that can like tell me a story somehow. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I'm gonna get this book. But yeah, someone said, <laughs> what was the comment? Um. It was, it, it, there was a, I would slash will buy this. I'm not sure why is one of the top comments <laughs> on the Reddit thread, on the Reddit thread. And that was right after I saw that. I was like, that's exactly how I'm feeling. <laughs> I will buy this. I'm not sure why, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. Gotta make that money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited. I think it's a nice little collector thing to, to, commemorate the overwatch league's first season probably it's not like i don't think anyone's gonna complain that this is happening because you don't have to buy it or anything like that i mean it's just a fun little thing if you want to buy it and i i certainly do i i ended up going to the grand finals on the first week of the season so i they're deep in my memories and i think this would be a a good way to to commemorate and and keep it a keep a book on my shelf to remember this amazing first first season because I'm sure things are going to change in this league um, as time yeah. goes on. People were asking, uh, you know, will Dreamcast make this book or will XQC <laughs> make this book? I guess we have to buy it and find out. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's the big reason. That'd be funny if that was their selling point. Like. <laughs> Will Dreamcaster be in? Will we put XQC's picture in here? <laughs> Buy to find out. Uh, but yeah, it says complete team rosters. So I imagine there are pages with the full team rosters, like pictures of all the players on it. I don't... I I would bet XQC's in it somewhere, but I would bet that Dreamcaster is not. I don't know, because, but that's such an important part. If you want to tell a story of the inaugural season, Dream Casper is such a, an important part of it, you know? <laughs> because, for, for better or for worse. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's part of the story of the Boston Uprising, and they're like amazing undefeated stage three run. You can't like mention that 10-0 stage and just like ignore Dream Casper, kind of, you know? It's weird. Yeah. We'll see. I, d- I doubt they put them in there, but uh, I-, I I don't see why they wouldn't put XQC. They-, they they're letting XQC play in the World Cup. They don't hate XQC. They want him to play. They just they have to like they have to punish him if he's going to be an idiot. So yeah. we- we've talked about that before. Um, what's what's next? Exclusive. Oh yes, this one's a big one, and the reason that me and Joe were talking before this podcast, I believe the floodgates are about to open on a bunch of news uh, because of this. The exclusive expansion signing window is over. Of course, the exclusive expansion expansion signing window was just for the expansion teams. It was a good old month 
where the expansion Overwatch League teams got to sign their own players. Of course, I, you need you need this or else the expansion teams are just going to have... I mean, they're already at a disadvantage because um, the Overwatch League teams already have rosters that have been built for an entire year and they have chosen probably the best players originally. Um, so you, you've got to let the expansion team have some sort of advantage in the off season where they get to sign their own players before the other teams get to sign free agents. The established teams have probably got much more money too. Exactly. After having a year of, um, uh, you know, uh, not ad revenue, but like merch revenue and, um, for NYXL, you know, they picked up several hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. And there's no, uh, the rumor slash, it's not official, but there's no salary cap either. There's only a salary cap. There's only a, once you get to a certain, certain point of paying your players like this amount of money, you just have to pay a penalty. And after you pay the, if you're willing to pay the penalty, you can have a team that costs a lot of money if you have more money than the rest of these teams. Um, so yeah, that is, that is an interesting, speaking of seller cap, that's a pretty interesting point to talk about. Um, but yeah, these teams, especially like there was a lot of money on the line the the entire season. So they do have a lot of money as well. Um, but yeah, that, that window has, has ended for the expansion teams. No announcements quite yet on rosters. Um, because I mean, they still have time to sign players and I imagine they, I imagine there are some players they still want to sign. Uh, But now, joining the expansion teams are the original 12 teams. So now we have 20 teams signing free agents. Um, So the floodgates are definitely about to open. We're about to get some news on on some big signings. I I guarantee it. And I also think we're about to get some news on on other fronts. But yeah, go right ahead, Joe. I was just saying, for for all we know, um, all eight expansion teams have already signed 12 players each. Uh, we just haven't heard about it. So yeah, it, it could all come, you know, an hour from now after we're done recording that just all eight teams announce their four rosters, but you know, probably won't happen. And, and knowing, knowing, uh, the history of this podcast and, uh, and knowing the news cycle in overwatch, everyone's going to announce their team right after I stop right after I edit the episode and post it. <laughs> <laughs> that's once they see we've posted the episode they're gonna just start just start posting everything to make sure to spite us to make sure we couldn't get good content um, because that seems to happen every single time i post an episode there's some big like thing there's some big big announcement or big piece of news that it's like screw you guys screw on the flank we don't want them to know this you know um but it's our fault we do record on monday like morning pretty much so it's gonna be gonna be good for when we get the regular season, though. Yeah, that's that's what we mainly we mainly uh, modeled this after regular season and um, the regular season schedule, which will hopefully stay the same. Which is actually our next piece of news. Um, but yeah, exclusive expansion signing window is over. I really hope we get some news here so we can have some things to talk about. But um, I mean, I think the floodgates are about to open on signing. On, on players being signed and officially announced, but I also think we're going to get some some announcements this week. I believe it's going to be this week on some team colors, team branding as well. Atlanta, um, the Atlanta Overwatch team just made their Twitter account, and it is red, red to the brim. 
Um, their 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 Twitter page color is red. Their their banner is red. Their profile picture is red. Uh, they're they're just straight up telling us that they are definitely going to be red. <laughs> so I think that tells me that we're going to get some of that because not only that, but I think we're going to get some news on the schedule this week. Like we're about to talk about about the outlines of the schedule that have been announced over in China already, but. I think like the official schedule of like this team will play this team on this day should be announced pretty soon, which means we need some team branding for it to look all pretty um, and for it to be easy for casual uh, viewers to sort of to intake that news. But yeah, um, I've been talking a lot, Joe. Do you want to click do uh, the owl schedule announcement? Do you want to talk about the bullet points on that list that we got this morning? Sure. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I think, what probably earlier today, or maybe late last night, depending on times. Um, that uh, OverwatchLeague.com uh, in China um, posted uh, several details about the uh, Overwatch League season two schedule. So um, hasn't been announced in English yet, um, but obviously we have translations here. So. These are some of the things we have learned. Uh, first thing, new season. Uh, season 2 will start uh, on Friday, the 15th of February. Uh, that, that's Beijing time, so it will really be uh, you know, Thursday night, the 14th of February, 2019. Um, and presumably that's not including preseason. Uh, that will probably be still December or January uh, ahead of time. But uh, so, you know, halfway, uh, halfway through even February, to get that uh, season two started, as far as the actual structure, it's we're looking at um, still four stages, uh, just like last year of five weeks each. Um, so that part hasn't changed. But because we're going from twelve teams to twenty, uh, the number of matches each team is going to play is going to go down. Uh, so we're only up to twenty-eight matches per team. Uh, so if you're following along uh, there with the math, that means on average you'll be doing one or two matches every week. Uh, for a 20-week season. Uh, uh, yeah, so, uh, and, and like we reported uh, last week or two weeks ago, uh, there, we're still going to be keeping two divisions, uh, two divisions in the league, Atlantic and Pacific. Uh, so they're adding Paris, Toronto, D.C., and Atlanta to the Atlantic division, and Vancouver, Chengdu, Guangzhou, and Hangzhou uh, to the Pacific division, uh, bringing a total each there to 10 teams. Um, and then we have a little bit about the playoff structure. Uh, so again, still two divisions. Uh, the first place in each division will qualify for the playoffs. Um, I don't know. But do you think that's the stage playoffs or season playoffs or probably both? Season playoffs. Season playoffs. Okay. So yeah, first first place in each division will qualify for the season playoffs there at the end, uh, followed by the next four uh, by rank regardless of the division. So that's that's exactly what they did uh, for season one. Uh, right, and then the the two division winners just got a buy in season yep. one, uh, but in season two, uh, they're going to have two wild cards as well in the playoffs, uh, bringing that total to what eight, um, eight teams, uh, two wild cards in some sort of um, play in, yeah. maybe it, it says wild card round after regular season. So yeah, probably they'll have to play in, in yeah. some way. I'll I'll I I think I know exactly what that is, but I'll I'll describe it after you finish the rest. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so again, bring that total of eight, which is nice. We won't have any buys. We'll have a little bit more playoff action. That'll be cool to watch. Um, so yeah, then each week a team can play anywhere from zero to two matches. So yeah, you might have a bye week. Um, you might be playing one or two matches, just depending on the average. Uh, mid-season breaks will be longer. Um, presumably that's between stages. Um which is interesting because, um, you know, pushing back the start of the season and then um, spreading out the stages, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, that'll, that'll help with the players um, not feeling so rushed. Hopefully that'll um, also help with um, some of the interstage developments. You know, they, they could have more, um, put, putting more distinction between the two. Um, uh, we, we, we've, we've talked a lot on this show about uh, patches and that sort of thing and maybe having more time in between those um, stages will help with that, help with some of the team's comfort. Uh, so that'll be, I think, in general, a good thing. Um, and then All-Star Weekend, uh, we actually heard a little bit about that. Uh, said it will be to be during the break between stages two and three. Uh, so actually mid-season, All-Star Weekend. Um, and so then what's written here is it says, and I think the break will be longer. I don't know who I is. Um, presumably the English translator. Um, <laughs> the Overwatch but. <laughs> Yeah, yes, the Overwatch <laughs> League like in I the think. first in, in the first person, I uh, think the break will be longer. So yeah, presumably that's uh, the break between stages two and three to account for um, that extra week of, or weekend of competition. But um, yeah, so there's lots of stuff to talk about here. Yeah, so just just a, a translation. We've got some stuff that were rumored that was rumored. We got some stuff that was was rumored that's that was wrong, and we have some things that that we have never heard before. Uh, one of the biggest rumors that was that there was going to be two stages. That seems to be false now. Um, but there's still going to be four stages at five weeks each. Um, we did. There was a rumor that there were going to be 28 matches per team. Um, the rumor was that our Nate and Answer straight up told us that there were still going to be only two divisions with 10 teams each. Um, and then as far as the playoff goes, I'll I'll go into what. Because I believe Monty has talked about this before, and I imagine they would do what Monty, because Monty said he proposed, Monte Cristo, of course, said he proposed this to them. I imagine they'll do what he he has proposed, and that is um, a little wild wild card playing game, as you're describing, um, which will be four teams. Whoever gets seventh through tenth in the regular season uh, will most likely be will be playing in this in this wild card playing round. Um, where I imagine seven will play ten and eight will play nine, and then the winner of those two matches are the winner of those two matches uh, will end up being in the in the wild card um, for the regular season playoffs and make the actual playoffs. Um, so it's just a chance for the tenth and ninth seed. Basically, if it's there because um, team teams are, of course, like we're mentioning, good on different patches, and if. If I don't know, the tenth and the ninth team are really good on on the stage three and four patches, and they didn't do too well in stage one and two, and they're on a roll, and they end up getting tenth place, then they have a chance to prove that they are better than the seventh or eighth seed and make end up making the playoffs, which I think is a fair way to do it and uh, better for the viewers in general. We we would definitely like to see the best teams at the time make make it to the playoffs. Um, any any thoughts on on the on that format right there before I move on to other stuff? Um, yeah, I mean it, it makes sense to me um, both because of um, 
you know, obviously more matches, more playoffs, uh, more significant matches is a good thing. Um, but also, you know, we saw um, both uh, number one and well, yeah, both uh, number one seeds falling out in the first round. Um, and some people were speculating that's just because they didn't have um, uh, that edge of experience uh, uh, going into the, you know, the playoff patch and that sort of thing. So in that one sense, that might also be helpful too, um, just for keeping everybody um, even in terms of matches played. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, just the getting rid of the buy. Everyone hates buys because nobody knows if buys are like actually an advantage or not is the biggest thing. So, um, it's a big advantage in something like the NFL where everyone plays like there's no, where there's no, uh, playoff series. Anyways, everyone plays one game and it's uh home field really matters in the NFL. So getting that buy and home field is just, is a good thing actually um but here in the overwatch league it it arguably wasn't as good because these people didn't get experience on the new new patch um yeah so to move on to each team can play anywhere from zero to two matches someone in the in the reddit comments sprite guy underscore zero 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 was uh he's a philly fusion fan um but he 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 might be moving to a dc to the dc team he <laughs> This is a big development, uh, but he 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 was very kind to to show us um, some different scenarios of how the schedule might work per each team. Um, since there are 28 matches and four stages, he assumed, and I believe we can all assume that each stage is going to be seven matches. Um, and with the fact that teams could play zero matches in one week means that they basically have bye weeks, which is. Um, an idea taken from the NFL as well. Um, so bye weeks would be just a week where you play zero matches. And uh, according to the, according to his scenarios, you're either going to be playing two, one, or zero matches a week, and you'll have three weeks where you're playing two matches, one week where you play one match, and one week where you don't play any matches at all is, is how things will most likely work. Um, which is very interesting to me. I thought they were going to go with um, no bye weeks and more more of like a spread out stage in one week per or one game per week, um, which I enjoy a lot more because a lot of people complained that having to prepare for two games a week was unfair because and there would be sort of these these matches where um, NYXL would go in preparing for a tough team that they had to face, like maybe Seoul, but then they would end up getting, um, they would also have to play someone like Philly Fusion and they would lose to Philly Fusion because they were preparing for Seoul, right? Um, so they, they aren't really getting rid of that problem, um, for every single week. Um, what do, what do you think about this zero to two matches per week? Um, yeah, so... It, you know, similar things to what you said. I think, um, just in terms of, um, you know, that I think partly um, some of these changes they've made were to help the players, um, you know, longer longer stage breaks and also things like this to have um, fewer matches in a week. I think, um, you, you know, primarily, you know, that helps the structure they've set up, but also, uh, you know, hopefully that's going to have some good side effects for the teams and the players too. Yeah, I mean. It's not too so. Mid-season breaks will be longer. Um, is a weird. There's always weird sentences and translations. 
mid-season breaks will be longer because there's only one mid-season break and that's between stage two and three so breaks doesn't make too much sense to me um but i'm imagining they mean stage breaks yeah Uh, that's what i would that's what i would assume yeah because we had a week in season one but yeah i would rather it just be if they had to make a break longer i would rather it be between stage two and three and have the all-star weekend I don't know. I think the off season is a very nice break overall for for the players. I think I don't know. I don't know how much I like this change already before just testing the waters on seeing okay, did the this did this long season long off season help you like recover and get ready for the next season? I'd rather like I'd rather them before deciding we need more breaks in the middle of the season go through what they thought was going to help players more, which was the long off season break that they originally made and see if that is helping at all. Um, because we're, are we like, we're halfway through the off season at this point, I feel like. Um, and it's I, probably fair. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, the entire reason you made the off season so long was for this reason, but you're not even giving it a chance at this point, kind of, uh, which is interesting to me. Um, and we're about to talk about long off seasons and that's our next topic <laughs> actually. Um, unless it, we could go into that right now, actually, I don't have too much to say about this format stuff. If you, you have anything else to say? I don't think so. No, other than, you know, I guess, uh, we might get some more details, um, when it is posted in English, um, you know, something that uh, might be cleared up or elaborated on, uh, but we'll just have to see. Yeah, we might get like exactly how long these midseason breaks will be and stuff like that. Maybe some more details, but um, yeah, there's a post uh, today by Fake Joker 1998 on on the Overwatch uh, competitive Overwatch subreddit that I th- I thought would be a nice little topic to talk about. Um, he 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 basically asked why the why the off season for Overwatch League is so long. He mentioned League of Legends and Dota. Dota 2 both only have two to three months off season. Um, and honestly, League of Legends doesn't really even have two to three months. They have one. They have about one month. Um, he even puts the sports model there where Jan- from January to a- April, uh, it's end of January. Usually League of Legends has their spring season. Then in May, they have their mid-season, um, mid-season invitational, which is a world tournament. And then ju- from June to September, they have their summer season. And then October to November is their world championship. And then their off season is December. Um, so I guess his question was why the Overwatch League's off season is so long when all these other games are, uh, are doing, are, are just going year round. Uh, what do you, what do you think about the long off season of Overwatch League so far, Joe? Uh, yeah. So um, part of it, uh, you know, I think is that they're trying to go, uh, again, it's another example of the way that Blizzard is shooting for a type of, um, you know, more physical sports type model, right? That, um, the, the, yeah, some of these other esports um, have really short off seasons, uh, really trying to spread out um, as much as possible their content to keep people engaged um, all the way throughout the year. Uh, whereas if you get something like the NFL, um, you know that they've got a, a pretty pretty long off season, uh, you, you know, relatively uh, from the winter all the way to uh, late summer um 
the, you know, so that in that sense, they might be shooting uh, more towards um, the, the, that type of model. On the other hand, uh, I think, um, you know, we talked about um, some of the layout of season two, and I wonder, uh, perhaps in response to some of these types of complaints, um, or or maybe, you know, it's just a change that they wanted to make. Um, but I, I think season two uh, is probably going to end up having um, a shorter off season between seasons two and three. Um, again, with the delays started in February, uh, longer breaks in between, um, you know, it might go um, uh, move, move more time, maybe right up until World Cup season. Um, that, you know, just depending, uh, you, you know, for all, for all we know, they could change um change around the world cup schedule a little bit though although i guess they sort of build that around blizzcon um but uh yeah so i think like like you like you kind of uh, alluded to they're probably not done iterating yet on this i wouldn't think um just like they're still not satisfied with uh the localization you know if if they've got a goal in mind eventually whether that's season three um to do uh to do local stages whether that's season four you know uh but they're, they're headed towards uh headed towards some of these goals over time yeah um so that that's a good thing to bring up too is uh the localization because i think that goes i think that goes well with how they structure the season as well um but let's see i just counted it out in my head five five months off season because it ended in july um but i don't know if you call it count all-star game as off season or not of course that was in august so if you do count the all-star it is four months If it, if you don't it's five um, and I, I think that's like, I think that's a good amount of off season. I, the main point I was going to make, and I commented on this post was not necessarily even, I mean, player burnout is a big thing, obviously that we always talk about, but we never talk about fan burnout because I mean, everyone assumes like the fans would want this to be going on year round if they could have it. I'm one of those fans that actually doesn't say that because my favorite my favorite league is the NFL and one of my theories I've had for a while is it's my favorite league because it only lasts September through January which is the shortest season of any sport um, and you have like seven months of off season and anticipation honestly anticipation is one of the most underrated feelings in 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 life <laughs> in life in general um, especially nowadays with the internet and immediate satisfaction that we get from everything with binge watching, with all this stuff, we don't have to wait a week for new episodes of shows to come out anymore. We get them right away. Um, anticipation is, is almost dying. And with esports, there is barely, has been barely any anticipation, um, beca- because of things like League of Legends that last the entire year round. One of the biggest reasons I like the NFL and I like Overwatch League so much is because I do get that break and it is more special when it is happening. The fall like the NFL's I don't think the NFL would do did this on purpose. It's because of their terrible it's a terribly rough sport. Um but because because they're only 4 months of the year, 5 months of the year, fall has has literally been embodied by football now because of that. Um, and I get excited for fall just because I know football's going to be back. Um, and I, th- I think that feeling of anticipation and getting ready for Overwatch League to be back and knowing that it's going to be back um, and sitting here every day, every Monday with you 
getting excited for it to be back is is one of is is an amazing feeling and once it's back will be even more special because we did get that break um and we weren't constantly getting treated by by overwatch league games as i i think we would get burnt out if this lasted all year and i think the league of legends example is a great one because honestly the spring league of legends season means almost nothing and all it does is add another championship to like you have two championships per year here in America for League of Legends. That's kind of annoying and makes it makes the championship less special if you have two champions a year. Um, and it makes it especially less special for the spring champion who's just going to get dethroned in two months where the summer champion gets to keep it for like six the spring season, while it's cool that it exists, is almost a preseason in my mind. Like it's so pointless and boring. Um, but yeah, that's my long that's my long rant. Uh, <laughs> any any responses? Um, yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, you know, talking about because we've talked about that sort of that same sort of thing with uh, contenders too. Um, you know, that we've had uh, three contender seasons, uh, zero, one, and two in the last um, year, probably maybe even. Le- probably less than a year but uh, but it's the same kind of issue right that um you know granted fusion university um for example has two um uh two titles but uh yeah that to have the significance of that when it happens so often um does indeed go down yeah oh yeah i mean and i don't know league of legends it seems like lcs is almost racing to get more champions but in the end, that just makes it less significant to win it, um, especially the spring season. I, I've always hated the spring LCS season. Um, I do watch uh, LCS in the summer mostly because the spring season feels almost pointless to me. Um, it's like far away from Worlds. It's it's a completely different patch than what Worlds in the summer season are going to be on. At, at one point, they even made it so the spring season like mattered more and you got points towards making the worlds towards making worlds if you won the spring season and everyone got upset because it's such a different patch and that team that won the spring season could have bombed the summer season um which did happen i'm pretty sure and then you had a terrible team make worlds and it was just uh, it's a mess over there i just think i don't know i feel like i feel like riot and league of legends want to constantly give their viewers something um which is sad because that something is is always less of less of less quality in my opinion it's it's quality over quantity the classic classic argument um but yeah to go more into like your stage your stay uh the localization thing too i think they're adding these longer stage breaks because of travel um traveling to different countries for for like a month and a half on end is going to bring even more fatigue. Um, so having breaks in between the stage is going to be huge, and I imagine that's why they're doing it. Would you agree? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because um, the you know whether they um, do it, you know, have a stage in one location, then have a different stage in the other, or they try to come up with something else. Uh, the yeah, either way, they're definitely going to need to build in that time. Um, cause having to do, um, you know, matches in multiple locations, you know, a week apart, that's, that's just not going to be, um, very sustainable. 
Yeah, no, not at all. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. I met, like you said, the off season is going to get shorter. With, uh, I guess, this official announcement that there, there are going to be more breaks in between stages here. Um, so, so this person, uh, what's his name again? Fake Joker. Uh, it looks like you're probably going to get your wish here. I think they'll still have a longer off season than League of Legends and Dota, but, um, but I think they'll have some more in between breaks. Uh, just just because it favors their format a little more. All right, next topic. Um, there was an unpopular opinions thread this about six days ago this week on the competitive Overwatch subreddit. We're so out of content that we're just <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna go through these and and talk about whether or not if we agree with these unpopular opinions. These threads are always kind of iffy because it's like they're unpopular opinions, but they're being upvoted. So I guess they technically are popular now. Um, so yeah, well, and uh, my my disclaimer for this too would be uh, that for lots of these we don't have uh, very much uh, explanation or or support uh, for some of these. You know, so we might have to put on patience yeah. to try to figure out exactly what they mean. But so, yeah, the listeners don't get too, I guess, don't get too hot and heavy about what we have to say here because they they do these unpopular opinions are not very their explanations are short. Uh, most of them are very short and that we don't know the context as well, but we're going to go off what we think uh, they think. So one of the most upvoted ones was the reason Overwatch isn't big on Twitch is not because the game is dying, but because there are only a handful of good Overwatch personality streamers. Agree or disagree, Joe? Um, well, uh, I, I guess I'd say I don't uh, watch Overwatch very much on Twitch at all, but I do follow competitive overwatch and play it frequently so i guess i agree <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah i mean i don't think anyone watches too much overwatch on twitch i like half agree half disagree with this um i don't know because i do watch a lot of overwatch personalities at streamers and there's there are some really good ones uh seagull i know everyone knows seagull but he's just like a down-to-earth amazing guy um xqc is a little for casual players and viewers of Overwatch, XQC is a little tough to get into because one, it's very hard to understand what he's saying, and he speaks so fast, and it's it's high adrenaline. But if if you want to get an adrenaline punt, just sort of if you're if you're someone who wants someone who's like kind of controversial and like yelling, I think XQC is a good one. Um, Hard Blue's a good one. There's people like uh, Aspen's a very good support one. I mean, there there are some names out there, but I think, in my opinion, one of the reasons Overwatch isn't big on Twitch is because their player base is is the majority of their player base are people that don't really watch Twitch. I think that's why. Um, <clears throat> anything else to say about that, or shall we move on to the next unpopular opinion? Let's do it. If Taimu had done what he did to Soe, instead of a relatively unknown Korean host, this sub wouldn't have forgiven him. So do you know what Taimu did? Do you recall? Uh, yeah, so I saw this comment, um, and I had no idea. And so I had to you know, go down a little bit. Uh, you can explain it if you're familiar with it. but uh... Yeah, uh, good old uh, <laughs> Taimu. I, I recall this in Apex, where Taimu, he joined the Twitch chat. Um and he he was talking 
he was being very sexually promiscuous and kind of rude to um, one of the Korean hosts of Apex, uh, who was a female. Um, and I, I can't remember exactly what if how long he got banned for, or if he got just he had to pay money or what happened. Uh, but it was very. <laughs> If, if it had happened in the Overwatch League, he probably would have got a very similar XQC treatment um, for what XQC, of course, because XQC did a very similar thing and with his tryhard um, in in the Overwatch League chat during the game while Malik was on there, of course. Um, so, yeah, if you, that was a while ago. But uh, I honestly, I agree with this unpopular opinion. If Taimu had done this to somebody, people were more familiar with i believe people would not like him as much if if he had done it in the overwatch league i believe he would have got suspended for a little bit longer and i believe he would have got punished a bit more um it was a pretty (laughs) atrocious comment and a pretty rude moment for time i mean he's grown since then he hasn't done anything but um yeah i think if it happened this year in overwatch league things would be very different what do you think yeah yeah i'd agree with that definitely Sorry, sorry for these coughs. Allergy season. <laughs> Unpopular um, opinion? Question mark. Okay, I really love this game, but the community pushed me away. Not because it's toxic or anything like that, but because ninety-five percent of the time, this community is a circle, is circle jerk complaining about things. No matter how long a break I take, whenever I come back, everyone is still busy complaining about the same stuff. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I guess it's it comes down to what part of uh, you know what part of the community you're talking about. Like, uh, I very rarely get on the forums uh, just because from what I see of the forums when I'm going to you know like a, a patch notes thread or something, just looks to, it does look to be lots of complaining and lots sorts of that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I don't know how Jeff goes on that on the forums without like <laughs> being severely depressed because it every post is nerf this buff this and it's scary depressing. Yeah, um, but is it, so you know as um, I've become more and more involved in Overwatch, like I said, we're we're, we're just about a year actually because Halloween Terror drops tomorrow. Hey, that's the thing we can talk about. Halloween oh, Terror drops tomorrow. Yeah, um, but. Uh, but yeah, so now that I'm uh, about a year into this, I'm getting more and more involved. Um, that I am uh, noticing more and more stuff like that. Um, you know, you know, on Reddit too. That's what we're looking at right now. Um, but um, uh, where am I going? Yeah. So, like for example, Brig is the, is the example I can think of. Uh, that you know, to to still see people, um, you know, in Reddit threads on there, uh, just saying, you know, Brig needs to lead it from the game because you can't whatever um the stuff like that for mercy has died down a little bit but um that that kind of those kinds of attitudes um and their their persistence their their pervasiveness can get annoying definitely yeah i i think he's specifically talking about the competitive overwatch subreddit from his comment i feel like he is uh mainly because there have been a lot of complaints lately that there's just a bunch of bandwagons and circle jerks for just like all these, I don't know, these random things that like Brig, like all these things that just basically become fact around the subreddit. And if anyone argues against it, they're just wrong. Like at the beginning of Overwatch, 
are like Overwatch World Cup or the beginning of the competitive scene. Spectating was bad. And spectating is still bad. Like, that's a fact to these people. Like, spectating in Overwatch, it's bad. And it's just so... I don't know. I think I agree with them. I agree with this comment that the subreddit can be very unwelcoming to new ideas um and very unwelcoming to the idea that some things are fine in the game and brigitte is needed in the game to counter dive and um there are some people that play mercy in this game and it's i don't know they it's a very it's it's a very weird place uh let's let's read let's let's read one more how does that sound let me find a good one here Yeah, a lot. Oh my goodness. I've just scrolled through five comments about how this sub doesn't know about game balance. (laughs) So yeah. Um, (laughs) I just saw a funny one that said, if XQC had a father figure, he'd be the best tank in the world. (laughs) And all the comments are, oof. Um, how about this one? I hope Fissure doesn't find success with Soul. So every, um, I think this is a good topic to talk about. Fissure and his big meltdown, um, at the end of the season with the LA Gladiators and his attempt to cover it all up. Um, what, what did you think about, about Fissure's personality by the end of the season with all that stuff happening? Yeah, there was, there were clearly, uh lots of things going on in that situation definitely um he he, like you said from um you know gladiators in the playoffs um now to the trade and uh trade confirmation um and and, you know talking about um talking about the opinions of reddit you know there's comments on here it says you know he went from universally loved to majorly disliked by this community so fast um which i would definitely agree with um yeah, I don't necessarily know if that means, um, or you know, if I would go to go so far as to say that you know he doesn't deserve to be successful on this new team, uh, you know, certainly there's, uh, you know, there's definitely justification that can go on with that, um, you know, like for example, uh, talking about you know we're talking about uh, team identity and nationality and that sort of thing, um, and you know. For for Fisher going to Seoul on to play on a Korean team, there's something to be said for that. Um, but yeah, in uh, I don't know, he's he he's certainly uh, damaged his reputation. I think uh, with the stuff there that happened at the end of season one. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that uh, that means he deserves uh, you know to to not have uh, the success that you know that he uh, very likely will. Uh, you know, as with what we know about him as a player. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna go as far to wish, wish not wish success on somebody, but um, yeah, I, I definitely didn't like Fisher's move at the end of the season. I mean, at least play out the rest of the season. You're on a team that's that's doing very well, the LA Gladiators, and you're one of the main reasons, and you guys have a very good chance in playoffs to, to move on possibly and and go to the grand finals in in New York. Um, but you, you, as Fisher, you've decided to, you've decided you wanted to go to Seoul before the season has even ended at this point. So there's no point in trying during the playoffs, the most important time of the year. And then he goes around trying to cover up that 
that he wasn't reacting like this and this but it's all kind of a lie in the end and i think there was a moment where fisher was doing amas and he was making like so many posts on the subreddit that everyone was like okay how can we not like him he's clearly like he's telling the truth he's a good guy um and then like i think a couple weeks later everyone realized like wasn't that super weird that Fisher just like came on here every day and was was trying to cover up cover cover up these things Slasher's saying about him and Slasher's like I don't know Slasher's response to it was just like kind of just nothing Slasher was like I, I these things are what I'm hearing like Fisher's the only person that's that's telling you guys different of course he's going to tell you guys different uh, but yeah I'm not going to wish I'm not going to wish that Fisher doesn't have a successful season with soul whatsoever. I think, I think having a good soul dynasty team is what is great for the league. Um, but yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Fisher anymore after, after, after what he put the gladiators through at the end of the season when they had a good chance to, to possibly make the grand finals. So, um, he could have just stayed with them for, for three more series against teams like all you had to do was stay with them throughout the playoffs and possibly possibly get paid even more money um in Seoul if you take them to the championship, right? So It's true. Yeah, a bit of an overreaction for Fisher. I think we're deep enough into this podcast that we don't have to cave in, Joe. We don't have to talk about the rumored rosters. We uh. did it. <laughs> Are the are the the listeners gonna feel bad now that we've teased them? And well, guess what? Guess what, listeners? Now, when the <laughs> official news actually happens, um, it'll be news. It'll be actual news, and we can talk about these teams officially picking up these players officially. No rumors. That's fair. That's fair. And we can go in like one by one. We can have a good time. I, yeah, I'm sorry we teased you, <laughs> listeners. Um, but but yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll talk about that once it happens because we are like an hour into this podcast at this point. So let's just finish it off with Halloween terror because that is coming out tomorrow. We're in the Halloween spirit. Uh, good old Junkenstein is going to, to return. Um, we had some new skins teased on, on Twitter. Um, I know you were a big fan of a, a little, a little Farah skin. That was a, a tease. Do you want to go through these skins they've teased so far? Yeah, we've seen uh, six uh, so far for this event. Uh, there might be a few more than that, which will be cool that we haven't seen. Um, uh, but yeah, so I think the first one was uh, Doomfist, Swamp Monster Doomfist, legendary skin. Mm-hmm. Super cool. If you if you saw the Shape of Water, uh, you'll be very familiar with, with the Swamp Monster Doomfist skin. Um, Widowmaker has uh, one that's just called Spider, which is like Widowmaker, but even spiderier. Because <laughs> uh, that's a word. I think that's an epic skin too, so it'd yeah. be a little bit cheaper for you. Uh, Moira has one uh, Banshee Moira. That's what that is. Uh, so again, going with the um, you know cryptid type of uh, Halloween monster theme. Uh, that's cool. She gets all dark and greenish and brooding looking. That's a good one. Uh, uh far uh, i think was next uh which is my favorite out of these six skins we've seen so far uh what's that what's that skin called let me see if i can find it um enchanted, enchanted armor, armor. far legendary skin um and she literally just becomes 
uh, a suit of enchanted armor. There's actually nothing inside. Uh, she has no head when she takes the helmet off. Uh, so that that was uh, it's it's gonna be really cool. It shouldn't really affect much of the gameplay, uh, you know, because she does wear the helmet um, at all times during uh, during an actual game. But the the look is really cool. Uh, the effects kind of remind me of uh, Cold Heart in terms yeah. of like the blue flame sort of going on around her head, but there isn't a head there because it's an enchanted suit of armor. Um, and then we have uh, Jack-O-Lantern Hammond, uh, Jack-O-Lantern Wrecking Ball, I guess, uh, which is super cool. Uh, his face is kind of creepy because he's wearing like this mask with a big painted-on face, kind of like uh, Bowser Jr. kind of yeah. in, uh, you know, in the little rolling yeah. mech suit. Reminds um, me of like Scarecrow from uh, the Batman series. Yeah, that too. From Batman, uh, Batman yeah. It, it, when I first saw it, I was a little concerned because, like, I thought it was actually his face doing that. But no, it's like it's like painted over, or he's got like a mask or something. Yeah. Um, and then last one just came out, um, like a few minutes ago, uh, is Undead McCree, which is funny because there's, um, you know, the uh, Shanghai Dragons player Undead who played McCree a lot, but uh, <laughs> Undead McCree. Which is super cool. He's got, again, sort of a bony mask. Uh, his belt buckle that normally says BAMF um, now says DAMF, uh, which you can uh, extrapolate as you will. Um, but anyway, it's, it's just another cool skin. <laughs> <laughs> cool skins. I mean, Halloween Terror always gives us the coolest skins, in my opinion. Um, yeah, they're cool. Scary. Spooky, even. Um <laughs> Yeah, I really want um I really want that fair skin even though I never play Pharah because that's a really that's probably one of my favorite skins in the game. Hey, and she has some really good skins too. <laughs> yeah, she definitely definitely does. Um but yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that uh, none of the other characters skins that they've revealed so far are characters that I played or that I play. But um I I can't complain. I played D.Va and she gets all the amazing skins. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, anything else to say about Hollering Terror? Or shall we close this episode out? Uh, no, I think that's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Another event. Um, but yeah, this this has been on the flank at a an episode filled with topics and barely any news. But we should be getting news very soon. Uh, as far as social media goes, if you want to follow our personal Twitters, you can follow me. I'm at jwgeorgeiv. Um, and Joe is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. INC. We, our show has a Twitter on the flank show. Um, we have an email. If you want to email us some topics that you, you'd like us to talk about with, it is on the flank show at gmail.com. Of course you are listening to this in some way, but if you want to listen to it in a different way, you can find us on on the flank.podbean.com. You can find it, us on my personal YouTube, which I've linked on my Twitter. Uh, it's just John George. You can find us on iTunes, um, the podcast app on iPhone, if you if you have an iPhone. Or you can find us on Spotify, um, which which we've been tweeting out the Spotify links now, uh, which I, I'm happy we're on Spotify. It's a good, good, good podcast place to be for podcast subscribe or Spotify subscribers. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And I, I hope you guys all have a good week.